Welcome to SNC Podcast, episode 30, which is crazy that we already hit 30. Um, we got our artist for Ink, and he's an artist all around. Uh, he'll tell more about that later. Um, I'm Greg of Cyrenova Comics. I'm founder, co-founder, and creator of our whole universe. And Dylan, introduce I'm yourself. I'm the other co-founder. And- <laughs> Tech guy and uh, editor in chief. And Adam, introduce yourself. What's up, guys? My name is Adam Fields. I'm the R artist on Ink and a bunch of other titles. Uh, yeah, you got one of the titles is uh, Prowl. So, can you give like a little elevator pitch of that? Yeah. So it's basically what if the uh, the wolf in sheep's clothing is there to protect the herd? That's kind of the the whole premise of it. But uh, he's basically a werewolf. He's a vigilante, and he turns any time he wants, basically by this stone. Let me see if I can find a picture of one. Yeah, there he is, right there. And he's got a little stone that he wears. That's the whole plot, is where that stone came from and why is it, does it do what it do. So he uh, he's unearthing some stuff that was supposed to stay long gone and buried, and it's kind of ticking the wrong people off. So that's where we're going. That's cool. Nice. Yeah, I know you were gonna add it to the platform at uh, mm-hmm. some point. When you yeah, actually, I so it's it's funny you said that. I actually have my tab pulled up to get to work on that. I had a whole bunch of stuff come in <laughs> over the weekend, so I'm like, all right, I'm just gonna knock this out since uh, I'm not gonna ask my wife to do something on Mother's Day. That would just be rude, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Besides Prowl, you do like a bunch of commissions and all that other oh, stuff. I see like Venom and crazy stuff. So um, many things. Yeah. Uh, what got you like interested in our comic, Inc.? Well, yeah, basically, you know, you sold me on the idea that it's, you know, this tattoo that has kind of some powers to it. And, and uh, I like the whole horror genre. So you had me at that. I mean, yeah. if it's, I know that there's going to be some mystical stuff going on and there's a, uh, you know, some sort of uh, magic element to it. That's, that's just great visuals right there that I'm also, you know, I'm honored to be a part of. So um, when I think the, uh, the whole application process was how do I draw Shane? And I, I, I that was it. And you told me you know, a little bit about like, Hey, this, this uh, key tattoo is, um, is key. So basically that's what i focused on and uh, yeah that was uh that was it when i read the script i'm like okay this is going places so i'm actually anxious for, for two three and on yeah um, um i know I my, my seven-year-old he watched me draw a bunch of it and he saw the, the uh, cover yesterday during our online con and uh he goes when's two coming out because he wants to see more <laughs> more stuff so you guys are getting hounded left and right yeah i didn't and- like I was hoping that our main story was gonna get hounded <laughs> more, but uh, it's hey. like it's um confusing for some. Like my girlfriend's dad was confused by like the story because there's so many plots, but the problem with the first issue of the Seer Chronicles was I sent it to the artist before the script was ever edited, so. Oh. Yeah, so we did it that way. We did it for ink in a way, but um, a bit. It, it it wasn't as bad, I don't think, as um, 
Yeah, see they're more easily repairable. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nothing a little Photoshop can't fix. Yeah. So uh moved a couple of panels around and then yeah. Uh Dylan's brother Dave said like maybe change we would like change another panel or something, uh flip it or whatever. But yeah. besides that, it's awesome. Like my brother when he read it, he was one of the first to read it. And he's like, So like when's the second issue come out? And I was like, uh it takes it's like time and money to make a comic. Right. And he's like, Well, how much? And I'm like, You gonna pay? <laughs> For me to do that yeah. are you looking to invest i mean <laughs> um and then i start this yeah i, I like started to um add everything up and he's like really to make a comic book i was like yeah it's not like almost if i was the artist and everything but you know i that that is such a a common like shock in this industry so yeah. you know i have the honor of being on multiple boards for trade schools and stuff and the one that i went to so i get pulled aside by parents a lot um about their uh their, their students like hey they, they they're like real talk with me okay i'm the dad i'm like all right let's let's do this because i know the questions that are coming i've dealt with this my entire life and it goes hey is there really a career in doing this or should i just kind of push them one way and let them do this as a hobby. And I said, well, you're at, you're talking to a guy who does this for a living. So slightly insulting, but I tell him, I said, you have to get your mind that it's not art. Like you're not creating just pretty pictures. Your guys' whole thing is a brand. See your Chronicles. That's a brand, you know? So it's commercial art. That's where the, once you start using those type of lingos that, you know, yeah, it's maybe sequential or you, you're hiring someone for a cover, but essentially it's just to sell a product. You know, your character is a product. Batman's a, a product. It's not just a cool character. I mean, it's, I mean, his logo is literally on everything and yeah. that's what they're trying to sell. And that's what you guys are trying to do. So whenever I, I explain it, merchandise, exactly, <laughs> yeah. man. So, you know, you want to slap that logo and that title on everything you can, because that's ultimately what's going to bring in. Yeah. The comic books might get you some ROI, but ultimately whatever like they're really into it you slap that on a shirt you slap it on a, a mug you slap it on an ink pen or whatever they're it's going to sell because they're they're diehards and i've seen it even with with just prowl so i mean yeah anytime someone starts talking like that just switch their mindset a little bit and say it's uh it's graphic it, it's commercial art it's not like traditional it's not going in an art gallery it's going in someone's hands that is going to try to buy a product later yeah yeah, I pictured Spaceballs, the flamethrower. Right, <laughs> kids love this one. <laughs> um, yeah, my grandma, like, uh, she's old, so she asks the same question every five seconds. But um, you want to play Scrabble? No. Um, <laughs> she's like, so what do you actually want to do? And then I'm like, my comic book company, and she's like, oh yeah, I forgot about that. I was like, what? <laughs> okay, Ow. yeah, and then uh. I'm like, no, that's literally like what I want to do. So like, we're slowly moving towards, well, I'm slowly moving towards like doing that. So we finally got like a team of people on our platform, like other creators to form this team, like to be a collaborative. And that's actually working out pretty well. Um, I figured out the people that don't care as much, they only care about themselves. So I'm like, oh, okay. Like you don't want to grow as a team. You're not going to end up growing. So. Yeah. yeah, that's the that's the hard part at any like base level 
of a company is you uh, you find out who's in it for the wrong reasons. If they're behind you, that, that's awesome. But if they're just trying to use you as a stepping stone, that sucks. Yeah. I don't care if you are on our platform and then on others because that's like the one thing. We're super flexible people. So not physically i can't like yoga bend my... <laughs> no i can't uh, i haven't touched my toes in years man I, get it. <laughs> I used to be able to pull my leg over my head that was like when i was four years old probably so <laughs> i see that happened to me but i wrestled and it was forced and it wasn't comfortable <laughs> yeah it was unpleasant <laughs> yeah so uh i'm like no i want to do my comics uh right now i work security basically i just watch tv and but yeah i watch tv and look at cameras it's basically what I do, um, yeah. and I walk around a building twice. Um, but I can actually work on this stuff twice. to a certain degree. Like I can write. Like I was writing mm-hmm. Ink, like the second issue of Ink. I was writing that while I was there, and uh, I was like, "Oh, well, I guess I'm gonna write this since like people want it." So mm-hmm. uh, that'll be like an announcement soon. Even though like it was announced on Pajama Con, but that's that's whatever. I don't care. Um, yeah. Yeah, I like to give people a little heads up. Yeah. I mean, most of it, man, I'm telling you, the there was a guy, he picked it up. He was trying to find me at C2E2, and I wasn't there this year. And Because he, he was like, man, you got, you got number two. And I'm like, no. <laughs> like, he, he, for some reason, he thought so. Um, but uh, the people that have got it, they're, they're already excited for it. So I'm genuinely excited for it because – I think it's a fun story and I know I've grown since then doing that. I've done a couple other books for Antarctic press and, and uh, a couple other indie stuff. So I've learned how to speed up my process. So once I get the script, I mean, we're going to knock out some cool stuff quickly. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, I don't know if I said it to you, but ever since you've been our artist, but uh, I've said it to the first artist that we had, but he, uh, you know, messed up a little bit uh and we didn't have the that game created yet <laughs> yeah so I, I don't know if you ever heard us talking about our video game that we're like releasing mm-hmm. uh, yeah, so the video game coincides with our comics in a way to make it uh congruent is that the word um yeah, yeah. yeah. So, sure. so, <laughs> so if somebody runs down this certain street it'll be the same exact street in the game and in the comics so continuity flows yeah yeah um i had to make missions for the video game so that was fun <laughs> uh i still have to make more but i'm it's like the video game is the backstory to the comics and i told my friend scott that's making the game like i don't have that much developed around the city for ink yet but you're going to have to make the city for that at some point soon and when he makes that there'll be elements from the game that we just take we get a picture of that like a like his tattoo shop or whatever i can literally go to his tattoo shop take a picture of it um if i want um and we just take a picture of that from the game and then all you have to do is draw exactly what's in the picture like that's super simple that would be like you have no idea how much gold that is to me yeah because google can only go so far i've actually went as far as street view finding locations panning it out and then screenshotting it just to get the right angle because i couldn't find pictures that i wanted and and i you know i live in a small town i can't just go 
to a downtown and get pictures of a skyscraper. I just, that's, we have cornfields. All right. So yeah, yeah. totally. You just um, make, make the corns like little buildings. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Silhouetted like, all right, that stock is now stock market. That's what that is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I told our new artist, uh, Daniel, I think his last name is Gorman. I think that's how you say it. Um, he's also in Ohio and he actually has two, he, he like runs two comic shops which is crazy hmm. he, he runs two comic shops he's an artist i think he does more than just uh pencils and inks i think he does other stuff too and uh he works on like uh rick and morty trading cards or something and i was like that's awesome <laughs> that is cool yeah so i said that too, i finally uh, finished watching season three like a couple weeks ago <laughs> i haven't ever finished that yet that's the third season <laughs> But I saw the Pickle Rick episode. Yeah, I saw that episode. So I started talking to him, and then, like, I'm like, oh, can you do, like, the character designs or whatever? Kind of like what I had you do with Ink, except he did, like, almost every character that is going to be in the next issue of the Seer Chronicles. And then uh, I was like, wow. Yeah, one of, one of the things That's that we were awesome. getting them from our map, though, which will hopefully be awesome for Ink, is the uh, – like one of the things was the skyline, so it's not a random skyline. It's like it's actually our skyline, <laughs> which is going to be awesome. Yeah. And then uh, basically, like after we finished writing the or um, editing the script for that one, we went to the our game designer and was like, "All right, we need this restaurant, we need this dock, and we need uh, this house, and like we just need like the area around them developed so that the background for every scene." is visible and then um as we're like working with the artist like we're basically like okay here's this scene we need this one drawn right and from this angle <laughs> and so like that that's what we're hoping to do for all our comics is be able to get like an, an entire that, that was actually like the original idea for the game like it wasn't meant to be a game it was meant to just build a like a 3d world so that we could give them to artists and then we found out he's building it into the game in a um game development platform and we're like can you, can you just like turn that into a game <laughs> he goes yeah of course and then he that's then well. hence the game has been born <laughs> yeah, that's awesome yeah you know there's i've worked with a, a a company out of spain who has is working in developing a game for their their book it just seems to be a uh, a huge trend right now is you know because let's face it that's what's what's hot i mean i find myself going on youtube and pulling up people streaming games. I watched someone play the Resident Evil 3 remake, so I didn't have to. I could get stuff done while watching them get frustrated, uh -huh. kind of yelling at them like a football player, you know, like you would a football game. Like, why did you go down that way? That was stupid, you know? So why did you <laughs> dodge? It's like, but, I've, I've never run a yard in my life carrying a football, but I could have done that better. <laughs> right? <laughs> All you have to do is knock him to the ground. How hard could that be? Yeah. Um. I have never played any of the Resident Evil games or seen any of the movies. You're not missing much on the movie, let me tell you. <laughs> the games are awesome. Um, and then I was really disappointed with the movies. Uh, I hope they remake. And I, uh, there's always been rumors that Netflix is going to be doing a series. I'm like, I'll believe it when yeah, I see I, it. I'd like to see Netflix do it. That'd be interesting. They, they'd be right? their uh their little remakes or uh their renditions yeah. of various things that have already been made or turned into shows now like they're definitely doing a good job 
Lock and Key. Um, that was good. Was, oh, I haven't seen that yet. I saw the freaking trailer for that and it looked phenomenal. I didn't My know. My wife. Go ahead. Uh, so I didn't know that the guy that created that, he, he is the son of Stephen King. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Um, he goes by a different name, I think. So he's not like outshined by his dad because he would be outshined. Yeah, like, oh, um, Stephen Prince. <laughs> so his name is joe hill but like his actual last name is king huh Did i don't know, know if that. his first name so is, is he joking <laughs> but yeah i never read any of that but like watching it was just awesome like we me and my girlfriend actually got like into that show and it's, i'm like that was easy. like really good yeah how long are the episodes? Because I definitely wanted to get into that. How long are the episodes? Yeah, they're like half hour, or they yeah, like. 40? I'd say they're about forty-five minutes. Yeah. Oh, so they're like they're like long, like the yeah. typical like yeah. HBO style show. Yeah, yeah I, I would I say. Nice. I don't know if there's thirteen episodes or not, though. But I can't remember how many episodes. I know um, my wife; she's not a comic reader. She proofreads my stuff, and she gets into the screen, like the the screenwriting side of things when I'm scripting. Um, but here on Netflix, I mean, she's been watching, she's watched, um, Lock and Key. She's watched, um, Umbrella Academy. And then we just watched the boys over on Amazon and, and little did she know, like, she goes, these are awesome. I'm like, yeah, they're comics. She goes, are you kidding me? I'm like, see, I <sighs> there's a lot of great it. shows that are comics that people don't realize. That's why, you know, the indie market is huge. And, and I think people need to realize that. And there's a lot of people out there scared to put their, their name out. I was terrified to, to launch my own title because to me it was almost overwhelming because I look at the comic rack and there's thousands of titles out there. I'm like, how am I supposed to get into this slice of that pie? Like, I'm just going to be a little tiny wedge and I still am. But, you know, people are kind of turning away from the big ones. They're collecting exclusive covers just for the, 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 the artwork, but they're not really diving into the story. They're turning to people like us that write original stories. And I think that's why this is now the time to launch something like what you guys are doing with your, your world. And it's awesome that you're going to be tying it to a game. So not only can they read about it, they can live it. Yeah. Um, yeah. And some, uh, we had another person from our platform on and he thought it was like a 2d scroller. Uh, hmm. And I was like, Oh, well, that'd be kind of cool. But, uh, actually, his comic would be pretty awesome as like a two two D scroller because his uh, comic is called Shotgun Samurai, and oh. yeah, <laughs> and it would just like make sense. Like Dylan was like, "Wow, your game would actually be really good as like a two D scroller." And he's like, "Oh, maybe," but um, yeah, uh, I'll, like no website. Um, didn't mean to cut you off. I, okay. I'm gonna message my one of my um, instructors at the trade school because one of her students found this website where you can develop free 2d scrollers you build your sprites and all the animations and the the enemies and you basically code it and it's very basic the kid had no background doing it but that's what he wanted to do for a senior project and he developed a side scrolling game from the start menu to a couple levels Nice, that's so, like RPG Maker, but 2D scroller, that's kind of cool. Yeah, and it was fascinating because he was able to show us the behind the scenes of, well, this is the jump animation, this is the death animation, this is the, you know, he, he had, um, so it was like based on all candy, so he had peppermints that would were like boulders, but he showed the rolling animation and then 
them breaking when you destroyed it. I mean, it was, it was in depth for a high school um, student. So I'll have to look into that and send you guys the, uh, the link just to have him play around with it. Cause you do, it's just a quick color, the pixels to make the pixel art. And uh, it was fascinating. That's cool. It's definitely very cool. Yeah. Yeah. Like uh, when we were talking about our game, on that episode he's like oh wow it's like actually like 3d and stuff i'm like yeah it's like grand theft auto meets the sims it's more grand theft auto because of like the free roam kind of stuff that you can do there's quests and stuff but i still have to figure out side quests and everything um there's a guy that wants to add his comic character to our comic universe and there's a few that want to do that but uh trying to add just one is already I'm like trying to figure it out in my head like how it's going to work his character works well because it's like Indiana Jones but like supernatural kind of mix so So like Indiana Jones like the new ones (laughs) (laughs) so I'm like oh wow this could actually work because like the main thing the main thing the whole Seer Chronicles story revolves around is this like uh object I'm not gonna say what it is but there's this object and um his character could be like a person that like fits the role to explain more what it is. But I did explain that same object in ink too. So you'll know what the object is once you start reading. <laughs> Love it. Uh, and there's actually a lot of action in the second issue. Cool. Unless if Dylan <clears throat> edits it out. But <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I like to take his work and just be like, no. <laughs> yeah see I, I like to i like to draw monsters and cool cool stuff like that so i'm anxious to see what what's in this one i don't know i i truly don't know what's coming so <laughs> when people ask i can genuinely say i don't know i get excited because i get to learn just as much as they do i don't get the you know most of the stories i i hear unless they tell me specifically hey this this panel make sure this is in the background because that's going to play into you know, four issues in the future. We want them to look back. So, yeah. Um, but I don't know what's happening. And I kind of like that because I can play stupid. <laughs> and I get excited about it when I see it. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, that's what kind of hooked somebody else. Like I put a post of ink, like you can get this now. Um, and then I just said like a little elevator pitch for it. And someone commented saying, wow, that's, there's like a lot of mystery into that because like, I really don't know what would happen next. I'm like, that's kind of the point. I want you to read it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. yeah that's, that's the whole, the whole idea of every story. And, and whenever uh, my wife would read, you know, an issue of Prowl, I would, you know, it would always end on a, either a cliffhanger or a super exciting part. And she'd turn around, just look at me and goes, are you serious? I'm like, I guess you got to wait now, don't you? Even though I have them all scripted, you know, I always just let her read the book as the artwork is done. Yeah. So, um, yeah. I was confused on the ending for the second issue of Ink. Dylan will definitely help me out with that once he looks at it. But there is, I, I highlighted like an alternate ending because I don't know which ending he would like um, and what he thinks would work better. Uh, I can't say anything. Um, Isn't that tough? Yeah, but there's like, there's this one awesome ending, but then there's this other ending that's like, both will uh, leave you on a cliffhanger, but... They're both going to piss somebody off. Yeah. <laughs> I like cliffhangers 
to write, I don't like uh, experiencing them. No. <laughs> like first hand, no. like Game of Thrones or something. Like, oh, so that person might die. Okay. I was hanging from a cliff is kind of tiring. It is. <laughs> well, the worst cliffhanger ever, and I think they did it poorly, was The Walking Dead. The I Negan kill. Can't <clears throat> watch that show. Uh, I still uh, think the worst was The Sopranos. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I said that, like, the ending of like, Sopranos. Are you going to end the whole show, the whole yeah. series? that <laughs> you you and your stupid art <laughs> i just got done re-watching dexter because showtime was like free for a little while and i was watching that at work um it was awesome uh like, i'm keeping this place safe by watching serial killers <laughs> <laughs> yeah and then it scared mind of them yeah well i am writing a serial killer comic which if you want to be the artist for that too you can <laughs> um, <laughs> But that won't be for a while just because I was like trying to write it and I was on page, I thought it was 30, but I looked back at it and it was like 29 and I was like, ugh, I don't know where I want to go with that. So I wrote a bunch of notes. So I stopped writing the actual story and then I wrote a bunch of notes to figure out like what he's going to actually say to certain people. And... Yeah, it's one of the things I started having Greg do as I was like editing through the comics. I was like, all right, like this person who's kind of a side character like, what's their whole friggin' life story? Because I want to know what they're thinking right now based on something else in their life. Like, are they a parent? Like, are they going to protect, you know, are they going to be more protective around kids? Are they not going to jump into danger because they know they have a family to go back to? Uh, is maybe their family lives on that street, so he's more willing to jump into danger? Like, you know, like, uh, just interesting stuff like that that I, I, I like to... I like to know more about that. And then the cool thing we're going to do with that is have a, like a Wikipedia for all of our characters. And as the characters get introduced and more is brought about, uh, um, like told about them, things that may never see be seen in the comic directly will actually have, um, you know, details in the back end for anyone who wants to dive deeper. Yeah. I actually, I've talked to uh, the author that I do her covers for her and I talked deeply about that exact thing with um, character development. She has, because I'm still learning how to properly flesh out characters. I can do action like no other. I can pinpoint and be like, all right, I know this is the scene. I want this to look like. And then she, she asked the, the toughest question ever. Well, why? Oh, oh, that why question. <laughs> yeah. Because it looks cool, but there, there's there's not even light drawn, <laughs> right? <laughs> I've been there, um, but yeah. So we we go through this little exercise of of developing these characters, and and she even gets down to like their favorite ice cream is is you know vanilla and chocolate chip, and I'm like, will you ever see that in the in the book? She goes, no, but I know that. I'm like, oh, okay, like so <laughs> so so now I catch myself like writing stuff for these characters like that he wouldn't say that because you know that's not that's not his that's not what he a would absolutely do this right he would absolutely <laughs> do this that's his character flaw you know and it it does help you know really fleshing them out and treating them as if they're a real person so i think having a wikipedia for your character that's kind of cool yeah yeah well, i i just i always love that if i wanted to learn about something like you know even if it was just to you know prove somebody wrong or prove myself wrong in an argument about like you know Oh, I wonder, like, about Spider-Man, this thing that happened, like, in one of the th – and, like, you go to Wikipedia, and there's, like, a huge-ass list of all the stuff he's ever been a part of. And so the cool thing is the backstory isn't always 
all of his comics. It's like a collection of random things that you could pick up. So like, you know, one of our, one of our panels might just have like a wallet fall open, but if we know that the guy has a family, there's probably going to be a photo of his family in there. Right. So like that little detail is important. And then um, like, like I was saying, like there's a cop in one of our um, comics that if uh, you know, what is he going to do based on the fact that he might have a family? Right. So knowing that is very important and uh, you know, not necessarily their favorite, you know, flavor of ice cream, unless it's relevant eventually, even if it's only tangentially, but um, you know, even something simple, like what's their favorite color. And maybe, maybe all of a sudden you notice that every panel he's ever in, he always has an orange tie because orange is his favorite color. Right. Like that's that, you know, it can be relevant and you can make it relevant. Like, you know, let me tell you that kind of stuff is also really helpful to the artist because then it takes the guessing out of us. Cause I've, I've read some really bad scripts. Okay. Where I literally have to fill in the gaps. And then if I didn't read the writer's mind, I, they kind of slap my hand. I said, I'm going off of what you said, you know, like, Hey, Greg's right here. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was actually one of the good scripts. That's, that's, I, you know, um, there's one, he literally just sends me scenes without dialogue. That's what, right. So it, it, it's called the Marvel way where yeah. the artists create. And I'm like, that, that's such a cop out for writers. I'm sorry. You can just spell out scenes and then make the artist do the hard work and plan the scenes. And then you fill in the gaps with no. I the, reason, the reason why that works in like a company like Marvel is there's groups around each other that can right? discuss this stuff. Yeah. You know, but if it's like a solo artist trying to like figure out your comic, like double your rates. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's because you're so part of the work. writer now. Like it's, you know, I I've actually um, started turning down jobs where I don't have a full script just because it, it is too much of a hassle. Um, I, I would literally just like double my rates for stuff like that. Like I, yeah. I, um, I do like web development and uh, I'll send out this, what I call a web design brief. And mm -hmm. essentially I have a basic idea off of that brief of how much I'll end up charging. And the less that they answer, the more that I'll charge, because I know that I'm going to, have to spend more time figuring out what the hell this person was trying to get at when they're like, Oh yeah, it's just this little thing I need you to do. And it's like, oh, you mean you want a custom-made plugin that hasn't even been invented yet? Yeah, no. <laughs> right. So I, do the other side of my business is graphic design. So I work with companies and design logos and stuff. It kind of breaks up the, the illustration. It makes me appreciate the comic work more because I deal with that exact same thing. They're like, I just want a small logo. So I actually made a post about there is no such thing as a small logo because that logo is literally going to go on to every single thing that you own for that company there that is the biggest thing you it may just be a couple circles with the word under it but that is going to go everywhere so you should take that the most serious and that's why you should be paying the most for your logo there you go <laughs> he's got the coaster <laughs> yeah mouse nice. pad. Awesome. Awesome. Nice. so and then hat you know yeah. it, it's literally everything so yeah, I totally get. I like the idea of sending out a a brief for that. I I have the same sort of approach, and I tell them, hey, we're only going to get three revisions for free. After that, I'm gonna start charging because now you're eating into my time, and I should have your your guys' stuff done by now. So yeah, 
Yeah, it, it, I, I've learned that it helps. Um, like, like I came up with the like what questions to ask over time, and like I, for like because I because I've done logo design too for a few companies, and slowly I've just realized like oh I should probably ask this, oh I should probably ask this, I should clarify this, and I just kind of keep adding to the list so that I can get better when I go to them. Because like I you know if I don't ask a certain question and then I charge a certain amount and then they implied something, I'll I'll just bite the bullet and you know I've already taken on the job, but yeah. I do. I do make sure that the very next time that I do that, that's ran the top of the list. Make you sure cover your bases. Yeah, because you know, I've been been asked numerous times, how can you charge that much for for that? You know, if you're able to draw this that quickly, you know, that's making like a hundred dollars an hour. I'm like, but it's, you're not paying me for that. You're paying for the experience. But yeah, that whole time because every time every time you're doing it, you're learning. So yeah, there's a great metaphor that. about um, a locksmith that, uh, so say you lock your keys in your car and you call a locksmith and uh, he pulls out this really extravagant contraption and it takes him like an hour to pry your car, car open and he gets your keys and he's like, that'll be $150, like, ah, oh, and you hand it over. And then some other guy comes over and in 15 seconds he grabs the same keys and that's $150 and you're like, oh, that's outrageous. And it's like, oh, that I saved you an hour and 15 minutes? Is, is that is that the part that was outrageous? Like, right. Yeah. That's yeah. A lot. That's why whenever this is good for any artist, honestly, you should always be pricing on value. Mm -hmm. It's if you're, if you're making it like if someone goes, Hey, I need this artwork done tomorrow. Like you can charge more because it's more valuable to them. And like, they can go ahead and go, Oh, I'll just go pay someone else. It's like, well then obviously you don't need it by tomorrow. Huh. Yeah, you know, like, <laughs> that like you know, there's quality, there's speed, there's you know, so many things that you can um, you know collect into. What's that? Quality. Yeah, yeah but, yep, exactly. Huh. Yeah. Huh. And the whole point is that, like, you know, you you have to make you you have to be a good salesman if you're going to be you know a freelance freelancer in the art world because you have to you have to understand that people aren't going to see how valuable it is until like first off until they get the product but also the fact that they're not an artist they don't know how much time it, you spent to do that or how long it took you to get that good or how many people are are that good right like if you're if you're in the top 50 percent of artists right like you know you, you kind of got to go with where you're at but if you slowly get better and better you have to be able to express that that's why um a, a really good example for the logos, you know, like I only charge, I think, I don't know, something like 150 bucks for a logo, but I, I'm also not like, that's not like the only thing that I do, right? Like I, I'm not like an amazing logo designer. Like I'm a decent logo designer. I have graphic design. I've used it for, you know, a half, no, actually probably a decade now, Jesus. But yeah, yeah, I've done it for a while, but it's not one of my primary focuses. But I also know uh, logo designers that charge $18,000 for a logo, Right. Now, when they do that, they also do other things though. Like they'll make, they'll make six renditions of a logo and they'll put it on everything from a t-shirt to a flag to the side of your building that they went and sent a photographer and took a picture of it, mm -hmm. 3D rendered it into a, you know, Photoshop and popped up your logo and extruded it. Like, you know, like there's a lot you can do to add value beyond just providing the art that you were asked for. And, you know, the, the, Sometimes it seems simple, but like that's how you can really show what you're worth is that portfolio work of what you've done for others as well as the extrapolation of what you've done for someone else. Yeah.
yeah, no, it, it's definitely, uh, you know, that's the, that's the challenge is finding that value. And, you know, for me, it, it's, it's weird because I've only been doing comics professionally now for four or five years, um, you know, illustrating full time. Um, I've been illustrating since I was three years old. I've been doing graphic design since for almost 15 years now. And it, it's, it's weird because now I feel like I finally have shifted and you never really know when it's time to up your prices or what you're worth. Cause I still see the people that I look up to in the art field and I see their price. And I'm like, man, I, or their quality. And I'm like, I'm still like, I'm still looking after them. But then I've, I've been told like, I'm in their, their realm now. I'm actually like up with them. I'm like, I don't see it, but other people do. So you kind of have to also look at your fan base and listen to others and, and take what they say, because you're always going to be hard on yourself. You know, I'm never going to think that I'm like the best out there because I see all the failures throughout the day where everyone else gets to see the best. Well, it's like when you lose weight, like you don't realize you're, you're like the last person to realize you lost weight unless you're right. you know, tracking it every single day. And, you know, it's pretty hard to track the quality of your artwork with a number. You know, it's not really uh, scalable. And, uh, you know, that, that's definitely something that, cause, cause the other way, like the thing that I started doing was, uh, for like web design, for example, that's probably my best example. Like the very first website I built was free. Second one, free. Third one, free. Then I charged a few hundred bucks. I'm like, Oh, they're going to pay me. Cool. And then I, you know, I kept getting better. I'm taking online courses. I charge a few more, a few more. And now it's like, if I'm going to spend my time building a website and I now know how long it's going to take, I'm like, it's going to be a couple thousand dollars, like minimum. Right. And, and, and I can easily charge it because I have proof that I'm of my quality and I've been paid that before. So I have the confidence to sell that. And I can exactly. also turn it away if it's not enough. Like I, I've been offered, I, I, I almost had a, a web design gig and I, it would have been the highest one I'd been paid, but I, I evaluated everything they were requesting. And I'm like, no, like I'm going to, I'm going to be miserable trying to build this way too quickly and uh not without the uh resources i'm going to need without the clarity i'm like and you and you want to pay me like this minute i'm like no <laughs> and they're right. like like what if we give you this i'm like no <laughs> i'm just like i don't need it and yeah. like that's that's kind of the nice thing is that if you're not if you're freelancing you can just say no it's okay but the the one thing that as a artist if you're trying to make sure that that's like your um your full income then the two things you got to do is one, slowly up your price as you get busy. And if you're not busy, get better at marketing yourself so that you're so busy, you have to go, hey, listen, I you know my entire schedule's full this week. If you want me, I'm going to charge a little bit more. Yeah, these are all commissions that came in this weekend. <laughs> See, exactly. And that's the point. So that, yeah. like, from that alone, that's where you go, hey, you know what? It's going to be an extra 10% more this this next couple months. Play it out, you know, like, because basically, like, the goal is to, you know, you, you, you're going to have, if you have, if you charge nothing, you might get tons of work, but you're also going to make barely any money. So you want to slowly increase the price until you level out your work. Uh -huh. And you, you'd be surprised, like, and the goal is basically to weed it out until only the best clients are paying you and they're paying you what you want, like what feels amazing to get paid where it's like, it's a joy to do it. Yeah. Yeah. I've had that talk with a bunch of um, bigger artists. So, you know, that's, that's one of the, the best thing. I love going to comic cons. I kind of really miss them right now because like everything has been dead. Um, but I really, really enjoy going to those because I will talk to the professionals and I'll talk to the ones that I look up to 
or the ones that have been doing it for years. And we always talk, price was always one that I struggle with. And um, one of them, you know, the best advice I was given was, you know, look at the guy who, you know, Neil Adams, I believe has like the most expensive prices right now in the comic industry. And that, you know, you look at Neil and then look at the people like your that- Your firstborn son. Right, pretty much. <laughs> Three and, pages. Uh, yeah, he, he, you know, he said, you know, look at the people that you look up to, as long as you don't feel like you're, you know, stepping on their toes or overpricing, but you also have to value yourself. He goes, there's always, you know, there's always like at this one bar, he said, he, this is how he always describes his price. He said, you, there's always that entrance that everyone can be in, you know, it's general admission, but then there's that, that VIP room. He goes, you want to get to that VIP room because then you can also see the, the backstage, the, the, the extra access. He goes, so you're always working towards something because if, if everyone can get it, then you're not exclusive. He goes, you want to make yourself exclusive, but not so exclusive that it turns everybody off. You want to be in that sweet spot where there's still room to grow but not everybody can get it because then it loses its value. So well, that, that's why I definitely recommend like you, you should constantly, you should like for whatever skill you have, whether it's art or programming, like you should always be getting better at it. And then the goal is that tangentially you, or you're perpendicular, not perpendicular, parallel. There we go. <laughs> no way. Same. But, but in parallel, you should be getting better at business and marketing yourself mm -hmm. because you know, even if you're the greatest artist in the world, if you've only got one piece of artwork a week, like you can't really justify charging a huge amount of money. Like it just, you know, you might lose that one client you have, but if you're constantly getting people in, you have the, you have the legitimate scarcity. Um, there, there's a, a book by Robert C. Aldini called influence. And it talks about, you know, uh, how, how you can be persuaded to do things and scarcity is very powerful. So the point is that if your art is already something somebody desires and then suddenly enough people desire that your time is being limited, you can now charge more for that time. And you know, that that's how you get better paying clients, but it starts by marketing the crap out of yourself because you know, if, you, if nobody knows you exist, you're not worth anything. Like you need to, people need to know who you are. That was the tough part in the beginning. Um, when I first started doing cons, I remember my first con, I got commissioned. It was a $50. I made $50 at the show total. And like, I thought I was on top of the world. Like my nice. wife, we're like, we are going, we're going out to eat tonight. You know, we're going was, to Vegas. I'm going to Applebee's. <laughs> right. And, <laughs> but I mean, after that, and then we finally hit the triple digits at one show. And then all of a sudden one, one time we started hitting, you know, four digits. We're like, okay. Like we look back to that first time. We're so humbled at that. And we're like, wow, you know, this is amazing that how things are happening because now I have, you know, the experience because I know what to offer. I know what collectors are looking for. And, you know, I know also know how to, to, uh, the, the biggest thing is I also know how to give back. And I think that's really huge for artists. And I think a lot of people need to, to take value in not only is it take, 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 charge, 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 but you also have to give back. So yesterday I did my, my pajama con. That's my little quarantine online show that I put on. Um, but I offered up two things. The last time I did it, I offered up a free sketch and all you had to do to enter was post a picture of you and your family in your pajamas, just having fun, enjoying either a board game or even just watching the stream. It doesn't matter. I just want to see you guys enjoying family time. Um, and then I gave back a free sketch of, of their choice. 
um, yesterday, I'm offering up a $100 Amazon gift card and a um, slabbed um, Prowl um, first print issue one. So um, yellow label CGC. So I mean, you have to really know your market, but you also have to value those fans that you do have and always offer up something that, that um, you can give away and just sort of say thank you. I, that's always my favorite thing to do is just say thanks to everyone who's supported me. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, uh, a lot of uh, creators, like indie creators, they're not the best at marketing. And um, I wasn't trying to be cocky when I was doing that. Uh, we did like a Zoom meeting with uh, creators that are that team thing that we have on our platform. And a good amount of people like showed up for that, which was surprising to me. I was like, wow, you guys all are pretty awesome people. Um, some couldn't make it because they had to work or something. But this one guy <laughs> took it the wrong way of like, so you guys are all here because you suck at social media. And I said that as a joke, but like he didn't get my sense of humor because he doesn't really know me, which <laughs> I understand. But like he, he got like offended by it. And I was like, and then Hector of New Leaf Comics, he's like the artist, art director or whatever over there. And uh, he's like, nope, that's, he's just joking. Like everybody laughed like, oh yeah, I do suck at social media. And like <laughs> saying that he was offended. He's, he's joking that, too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and if you're offended by that, then you, deep you down somewhere. Yeah. yeah. yeah it's just, an insecurity, which means either you're bad at it or you're insecure. And both of those are problems that need to be resolved. So, <laughs> Right. Yeah. So we're trying to help them grow up their own social media while also promoting a platform and you can easily do that just by tagging us and be like go to seernovacomics.com and then which is i'm that's why i'm excited to you know finally be able to sit down once i get all my notes and stuff taken care of for from yesterday i've, I've got to get prowl on that platform yeah yeah I, uh we don't have as much horror stuff on there that i want because i really love horror one uh honest thing is i didn't know there was a such thing as a horror comic book mm -hmm. until uh i saw afterlight studios afterlight comics i think yeah mm -hmm. and i yeah. saw wendigo wood and it's on my shelf up there and then um there's another guy joel rodriguez he was on our uh not on our platform that'd be awesome uh he was on our podcast and he has dust county chronicles mm -hmm. and i have i get every one of those anything horror related is like definitely I'm going to buy that. So yeah, having like Prowl on there, there's like nine issues or something. So yeah, there's, there's, there's seven right now. Yeah. Um, but we're, we're switching from the indie or the, the single issues because this I'm finding it's very, very hard to manage myself. And I think that's, that all just comes with, with um, time and experience and kind of you know, reading into what people want. Um, I'm very impatient. I want to like I Netflix has spoiled me. They give you here's the entire season. We will binge watch it in a week and then we will be upset because we have to wait a year for the next one. Um so you know we're we're waiting for uh what is it, the uh Haunting of Hill House. They're they're doing the second season of that and we're like excited because I loved that series. So I'm like, man, now I'm like gotta wait. So I, it's actually gonna, funny. Uh, yeah. One one of our podcasts, we specifically talked about how Netflix kind of ruins the water cooler talk yeah. because 
like normally you'd be like talking about something for like mm -hmm. a really long time and now yep. you binge watch it on a weekend and if nobody if somebody else didn't do that they get spoiled on it so then they don't even watch it and you yep. watch so much of it so quickly you barely remember it in a couple of weeks yeah so you know that's that's like a really that's a really good point because i've weighed that because that's kind of the direction i was going to go with my books was a graphic novel instead um but the way I, I figured I can bridge that gap of exactly what you said was, well, if it's going to be a year in between, how are they going to forget, you know, they're going to forget what they read. Well, I plan on doing like tie in single issues, little short stories, maybe two after it just to, as a lead up and then drop the, the, the next one. So there's always going to, it's going to be, you know, here's the, the big chunk. Here's a couple side stories. Then here's the next big chunk side stories and and i think that that would be really hopefully the best route um well, honestly the other way you could do it this is something that so my my brother's a music producer and he's talking with we were we had a an, another podcast this morning that i'm i'm working with uh and we were talking with these two um hip-hop artists and one of them is releasing their own album now and instead of releasing it all at once my brother suggested uh something that the uh, DJ slash artist Travis, I think it was Travis Scott did this, uh, instead of, or, or no, no, Chainsmokers, that's what he's talking about. Instead of releasing the whole album at once, because once you do that, like you can only highlight one single, right? Like mm -hmm. you can only be like, and this is our main single, make sure you definitely get a lot of spins on this. What they'll do is if, if it's basically around a 12 song uh, album, they'll release one a month, every month for the entire year. And instead of only getting you know, like a two month, like, you know, woo, like I'm super excited. Now they carry their fans on every single month. And at the end, they release the whole album for purchase. And so that, that's also another alternative is even though you have all of it, releasing it on our platform would, uh, in a dripped fashion would also allow you to continually maintain a captivated audience instead of giving them everything they want. Because it's one of those things where, uh, Henry Ford said, if you had asked people what they wanted, they would have said faster horses, not a car, right? Like they didn't know what they really wanted. Most people don't True. know what they really want. No, and so yeah. even though it feels good to binge watch on Netflix, you realize later that like, you now all of a sudden you're more depressed that you finished it than you would have been if you had just slowly enjoyed it over time. Mm -hmm. And that's, you know, that, <laughs> that, that's, it's, it's something to think about. It's definitely, you know, there's, and I, that's what I love about the comics industry because I've, I've talked with authors who write novels and they have such strict guidelines that they have to adhere to. Whereas when they were trying to write for a comic book, they were try, they were in that mentality of, well, it has to be this way. How many pages? Like what, what's the standard? I'm like, there is no standards. Like, I mean, like there's an as, average. <laughs> yeah. There's an average, but I said, as long as you know that, you know, at least make it, it a minimum of um 20 pages divided by four so they combined it I, you're good <laughs> i mean there's there's no like strict guidelines that we have to adhere to that so you could put ads through there you can put you know artwork i said there there's no nothing telling me that my comic book has to be vertical i've i've actually done a page where it was sideways where you have to physically turn the book to read it all because the guy got knocked out and he's being dragged down a hallway, and I wanted you to that awesome. experience of oh, 
you're reading it this way because you're that's actually really clever yeah like that's the cool thing about comics is that you can do little fun stuff like that like uh what the hell was there's like a really old comic that like came with 3d glasses and that was kind of like part of like the little experience and it's like you could do so much with comics that you can't do in a lot of other i'm gonna try this out real quick and then if it works i'm gonna show you guys on on here um because we did something super out of the box for prowl um nope that's not what i wanted and uh it was it very worse so we have an app for my comic you see that yeah so is there a qr code there is not the qr code the whole page is a qr code oh damn wow yeah so if i hold my book up i'm going to try to hold it at an angle if i hit ar scanner and start start (laughs) it froze hold on i love live by the way um i say that because i'm switching well, it did work. So basically, I can bring a werewolf to life right off this cover. Yeah. That's awesome. Oh, God, I hate this phone so much. It like all of a sudden just froze. There what we go. What phone do you have? Uh, iPhone 10 or something like that. There we go. So oh, they must have made an iPhone 11. <laughs> yeah. So if I hit start, it's basically going to be you know a camera. But if I bring this up, and he'll roar and that's so awesome slice oh my god he's mad yeah so you can who who designed this it's a company out of spain so yeah we we are and we did that because we wanted to not only show like yeah you can interact with the cover art that's cool but now Oh, uh, oh oh We lost you. Did you unplug yourself? What? Am I good? Yeah. Yep, you're good. <laughs> okay, cool. Yeah, I don't know what happened. But anyway, um, we we did that because um, we wanted to make the book more um, interactive. I mean, playing with the cover art, that's fun. But being able to scan pages inside and watch the page come to life, that's cool. Like, it's almost like a DVD extra feature. Yeah. But right there so that that is um something that 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 company and i have been working with trying to develop for for comics too see that's interesting that's that's one of the things that greg and i talked about a while ago was because our comics are digital one of the things that i had in mind was uh something very simple to start and obviously this can grow to basically what you've got going on now but the idea was uh, like they could be flipping through comics and then like may, or pa- uh, panels and maybe one of the panels has a guy driving in his car listening to the radio and literally you could click on the panel and hear what he's listening to. Dude, that would be right? that would be awesome. Because it's so simple, but it's like that like because that's the thing is I think basically I don't want to I don't want people to think like oh let's go from comic to like animated comic like an animated comic is just a cartoon that's really frustrating to watch because you have to go panel to panel. Think of the small stuff so you can enjoy the comic with a little extra flavor. And like, that's, that's the kind of stuff that I, I want to get at. Like it, like maybe like there's one scene where like it's a devastating action scene and that could be animated, right? Where the rest is just normal. And I think that having it like sporadic like that and just tastefully added is such a cool thing to, uh, 
enhance the experience of reading yeah. comics. Because I, I, with that, I picture you know those panels that that are literally sequence of events where say there's a like an exterior brick wall and then all of a sudden the next panel is the exact same scene but that brick wall is now busted out because someone blew it up. Like how yeah. often would that be? Click for the next panel. You click it and you literally watch it explode and That's then it awesome. carries the story yeah. forward. Yeah. You know, yeah. Or they're sitting there on a on a dock and it's a sunset and you can click on to hear seagulls or the the foghorns but i mean that just that type of atmosphere and and type of um experience i think for the reader is fantastic so well, yeah. it's nice because if it's only if it's as simple as like a small motion or the background you know ambiance the sound i think the reason why that's so much better than like having like full-on animated uh panels is is just due to the fact that you the reader gets to keep most of the ideas in his head as an imaginative like they can expand what's actually happening in their head you're just giving them a little more to play with like they they couldn't possibly know that this particular beach you know maybe it, it has sea otters at it and you can hear them right like mm -hmm. just like having that little bit of extra or like the radio like what type what type of music do they have is it archive type of music like in our universe we're we're trying to exclusively have like indie music on it right so it'll be something very unique and so like even in our video game there's going to be uh, radio that you can listen to and it's going to be artists that we've directly connected with and so like that's you know that, i think that that's something that can make your universe open up a little more where you're like oh that's what they listen to it's rock you didn't just turn on the radio and it says quote rock music you know it's like you can hear what they're listening to i love that yeah and that gives you know another opportunity for the indie guys to get the get noticed like hey i'm also in a comic book you guys check out my band while reading this book i mean yeah. it's it's really cool yeah yeah i yeah. love that um i have a another idea later when the serial killer comic comes out he um originally in the script he's talking to my brother's cop character and um they're like having an interview somewhere i don't want to say where give part of the story away um location and uh he's actually like being recorded because i had i got the idea from that show mindhunter i don't know if you ever saw that mm -hmm. yeah so I love that movie that, yeah, that series uh, yeah so um he's just like wondering what like why this guy is doing like what he's doing and why he has been like killing all these people for, for what reason and um i was, was either gonna <laughs> i was either gonna put like recordings of that recording in the game and then like all you do is like go up to somebody's desk like dylan said like you go up to like somebody's desk and you could press play and it'll actually play in the game and be like, like actually play the recording of like so i would have to get somebody to voice that character which i could e easily do it but yeah 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 greg sounds like a serial killer <laughs> <laughs> yeah like st stuff like that would be awesome if like because our video game isn't supposed to be like what's happening in the comic it's supposed to be what's happening in the city while the comics are going on so like there could be an explosion in our comic based on this building but something else next door is happening because of it and so you know we, we want it to be like that tangential filler where it's kind of like uh you, you know the show agents of shield uh -huh. like having like where there's like filler stuff where if you watch the sh if you watch the show during the uh 
I, I didn't watch it up until like the last Avengers, but I do remember up until the first Avengers, there was information they discussed in there that gives you just a little bit of extra knowledge when the actual uh, movies came out. And it, and it wasn't a lot. It's just enough so you get to feel special that you watched the show. And like, that's kind of the cool, that's like, like the direction we're going with the game is like, we want the stuff that happens in the comic, in the comic to happen in the city, but the actual stuff you're involved with is the stuff that's happening around it. That's cool. Yeah. Like, uh, there's this kid, this, uh, guy that's a rapper that's around here. His music will be on our radio and like in the comics, if we can do that. Um, but he actually is like a vigilante character because he just randomly said it like one day he's like i, I don't know if i'm like stepping on your toes or anything but like i think this would be pretty cool because he gave us like a hundred dollars towards a kickstarter and like when you gave a hundred dollars to our kickstarter um it, you had the option of being a hero villain or anti-hero like whatever you want to be and he like chose his like character and like his little plot line but i was like i'm gonna tweak that a little bit and actually focus on something that actually does happen that like nobody really talks about so he is a rapper and he wears a mask on stage but when he's not on stage he doesn't uh i think he doesn't wear a mask on stage but he usually wears a mask or it's flip-flop whatever i think i think i think that's what it was i think like basically as a rapper he wears a mask and no one actually knows what the rapper looks like but, but yeah, but then like he doesn't wear it in public and goes vigilante sometimes. Yeah. And even though like the people know that face, it doesn't matter because they can't figure out who it's actually, actually associated with. And um, he's actually becomes a vigilante because his sister is kidnapped by a human trafficking organization. And that plot plays into the video game. Cool. Yeah. So like there'll, there'll be like, uh, you know, cops trying to solve this crime but like obviously the main scenes that would happen or would be in the comics. Yeah. <laughs> so all that's happening. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. There's so many like little plots, but they all come together in a way. And uh, even the action scenes, like we actually have been like talking about, like we're going to act out the action scenes if we can, like somehow he's like in Nashville, I'm in New York. So like trying to do that i don't know how that's gonna get done but i would like to do that because he like uh when he was living here he was like choreographing like this these couple moves that this one character that's comes later in the comic story uh he just he's holding like his bowl of cereal and he has a spoon and then there's he has this like thing like people just jump out at him and if they could take him down they'd become the new like leader of leader (laughs) And uh, there's a guy that, like jumps. There's like a guy that jumps out from like a doorway from like the darkness, and then like he goes to attack the guy that's eating cereal, but then he just takes a spoon and then just like breaks his wrist, and then he just like walks away and just starts eating a cereal again, just keeps walking. <laughs> yeah. So I'm like, okay. <laughs> um, yeah. From but, watching too much action mo- movies as a kid, and then uh, taking martial arts for like five years as an adult, I was like, man, I got so many freaking ideas. Like that would like like I don't want to work for somebody else, but if I ever did, like a really amazing dream job would be the choreographer for like movies like John Wick and stuff like that. Like that would just be amazing. Yeah. So uh, there's a whole action scene. Like that's a large action scene that happens in the second issue of Ink. Unless if he takes it out, but um, <laughs> it, it 
that's pretty sick. Like I came up with that. Like I was like rereading it and I was like, oh, that's awesome. <laughs> I am pretty awesome. <laughs> <laughs> no pressure to make sure it's pulled off right. Well, that's that's the cool thing too. Like same same with like the um, what's it called the 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 background scenes based off the video game to make that easier. Uh, I wanted to get legitimate choreographed scenes. So what, whatever whatever fight scenes happen, because uh, I have my brother here, I, he'll be the test dummy. But essentially, <laughs> I, I would get uh, snapshots of moments in time that I know are visually appealing and part of an actual technique. And so like, that's, that's the cool thing. Like I've learned, uh, like, like I, I studied uh, Jeet Kune Do, which is like a hybrid martial arts of like several different martial arts. And my instructors also just taught us other martial arts. So like, I have like this huge array of like random uh, fighting styles in my head. And I'm like, Oh, it'd be awesome. Like to, cause I know when something looks cool and is effective. And so, like, I want to actually capture those moments and panels, which will are very difficult for an artist that they don't know that. So I want to literally get, like, a screenshot moment, like, right there, right there. Draw that, but make these two characters the people that are doing it. That would be moment. helpful. Yeah. Yeah, so we want to do all that. Um, obviously, Ink, you know, is magical. So unless if we know a magician. Uh, <laughs> but... Uh, yeah it's pretty awesome but i was having that issue with uh i started writing the third issue of the seer chronicles even though like we're nowhere near like having to do that <laughs> but like i got bored at work and i didn't want to just watch random movies or whatever so i started doing that and now i'm at a crossroads of do i make the third issue really like like a big issue with multiple plots but at the same time, if you have too much going on, then people are going to get confused. So there's that. Or I can do issue three and four scripts and just like figure out what will go in which issue. So I don't, I don't know yet. But. Yeah, yeah, I, I think writers don't get enough credit for <laughs> all the thinking you have to do. Yeah, because um, I was actually writing notes and this time no other time that i've wrote a comic yet but this time for seer chronicles issue three and four or maybe just three um i actually put questions for dylan <laughs> and uh it's like there's a funeral that needs to happen and in my original story the funeral never happens like i for some reason just never mentioned a funeral for the character the main character like he dies in the very beginning but where's the funeral so <laughs> I never even thought about that. And he's walked through the whole script with me. So like, that's, that's the fun part is um, the, like the first set of uh, ink and seer chronicles. I never, I didn't edit until the artwork was done because he, I, I didn't realize he was <laughs> getting the artwork done essentially. Um, and uh, ba basically as I've been going through them, that's like my question, like 90% of the time, I'm like, how did this happen? Like, why is, why is this guy here right now? Like, what, like he was across town 15 seconds ago, right? Like, why is he over here now? Yep. And so, like, the second, the second issue of the Seer Chronicles, like Greg knows, is going to be, like, phenomenally better than the first. And it's not because, like, I changed the core plot. It's, like, just those little details that pull you in to the story the whole time. So when you get the, the next uh, series of ink writings, like, you'll, you'll see the difference where – 
um, we, we started, we started getting in detail about like panel views. So, um, I have the, where is it? Um, I have the, this, uh, book on how to draw comics the Marvel way. And it's, uh, it's got it too, got it? Uh, uh, oh yeah, dude. Yeah. Right. <laughs> you have and, to uh, have this. Yeah. And, and inside there's a, it talks about the various panel, um, directions, locations, and, uh, depths. So there's like the mid shot, long range panoramic bird's eye, worm's eye, uh, things like that. And now because I know that terminology, cause like I just didn't even have words for them. Um, like bird's eye was probably the only one I actually knew. Like I didn't even know worm's eye was a, like the term. <laughs> like I was yeah. just like from the bottom. <laughs> so this is a good one too. It's called comic book design. And then this is a half to have. I just sell oh, comics, not just great. I like that. Nice. Yeah. I'll dude, have to grab those later. Yeah. I, I literally have a library up here of from everything from illustrating, you know, dynamic characters to how to, publish and yeah it's yeah, it's amazing. awesome like one, one of the things i've been having greg do is um i had him read 1984 since for whatever reason he somehow made it through life without having to read that book right uh, yeah and so like there's that book um there's a couple other books I'm, i've been trying to get him to read for like character development there's like the hero's journey um what's the other one i got over here it's like the char uh, character story arc or something like that oh, because that's still that's in, on my bookcase yeah Oh, nice. Yeah, you got to read that one. But yeah. Uh, basically, like just knowing that extra stuff um, that you don't think about, like like we were saying before, like having a backstory to a character that's almost irrelevant is sometimes hugely impactful. Mm -hmm. And uh, when it comes to drawing, like he would just kind of hand the artist the, the, the copy and be like, hey, I, you know, make it magic. Right. <laughs> and now like we, we're like, if 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 we think that it's even remotely relevant how this is drawn, we describe it. So we've made it so that every single panel that we, that it that needs this at least, not all of them, but probably I would say the the majority of them, like maybe eighty to ninety percent of them, we give the viewpoints. So where in the scene we're looking, and then whether it's bird's eye or worm's eye, and if not, it's you know we just don't mention it. And then whether it's a close up, mid shot, long shot, and whether it's panoramic or not. And essentially, uh, by giving those details, it's so much easier even in our head to picture what it should look like. So when we get the artwork from the artist, we can go, oh, no, that's incorrect. As opposed to like, oh, my stuff got turned into art. That's awesome. <laughs> Which is kind of what happened with uh, Greg in our very, very first rendition of our comic. He was just so excited to see what he wrote down be drawn that he kind of like missed the fact that it wasn't drawn correctly. Yeah. We do that, you know, that, that is such a, an easy thing to do, but once you start putting some of those guidelines in place and, and it's, you know, those rules in play, like this looks great, but it's not going to tell the most effective story. It's not going to relay what we need. So yeah, that, that is super helpful for at least me. Well, that, that's well that's one of the things that i try to explain for for anything anything in life uh is that dis, there's a there's a guy named jocko willinks and he's a former navy seal and he runs a business where he teaches leadership skills to um you know huge corporations and one of the things he talks about is that discipline equals freedom and people think that that's you know con you know uh, a contradiction but it's not 
because the point is by limiting your scope, you now have more mobility in this range, where if you're here, even if you have mobility, you can only go so far. So the goal is to get the artist as close to what you envision and then let them be an artist, right? Like we're not going to tell them like how the shirt should be ruffled, right? Like, you know, like it's not going to be that specific. So the artist now has the freedom to know, oh, okay, I need three characters, this angle, the beach is in the background, and there needs to be like something over here. And now I can actually really work with that and get really specific and make it really clean. And so I think that's something that any, any writer or editor should be um, aware of that if, if you're not working uh, you know, every day with the artist so that they're aware of the whole story and context, that it's much better to give them stricter guidelines because you're not, you're not eliminating their artistic ability. You're enhancing the part that they're good at by giving them the guidelines they need. Yeah. 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 It's super helpful to, to make those notes in the script. And I always say you can't, get too descriptive like the more you give me like all the way down to hey there's a stop sign in the foreground there's you know tell me like specific there's a mountain dew can littering the the alleyway so just whatever because i want to be i want to go through your mind i want to because since i'm not there i want to see what you see you know so and and an artist always has that like the ability to say hey i think it might be better if it's like this because they've seen enough artwork i i've actually just did that with a with a page i just did they just shared it so i think it's okay that i that i show it because it's a two-page um book and they wanted me to on panel two they wanted these it's raining frogs and they wanted the frogs to spell out two letters and and the way that they described the panel because it's a worm's eye view and i i'm like you can't see the letters with them on the ground because you know the perspective won't work i said can i do it in blood they're like oh that would look sweet so so i did it i did it in blood so i mean that's damn so i mean it's that kind of discussion that i like to have because yeah I want you guys to get the script down and get it, get it out because then I can visually explain like, well, that might not be the best, but here's an idea that, yeah. that we can yeah. do. We can absolutely achieve it. We just have to do it a different way. So yeah. I think that that's, yeah, I love having that type of relationship with the writers and, and creative team because, you know, ultimately, you know, I, we're all in it together. Yeah. And then, yeah, the other thing we did too for um, not for every page, cause like, we broke it apart by page. Cause that's the other thing too, is if you don't tell an artist what pages are going where or what, sorry, what, uh, what scenes are going where they, they might be just drawing along and not realize like, Oh, this was meant to be a cliffhanger, fl- you know, page flip. Mm-hmm. I, like uh, that was something we were talking with a writer. Um, was that no, two podcasts ago? Right. No, it was literally like the last one. It was the last one. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Chris, right. Chase. Chase. Oh, that's what it was. What am I thinking of? Anyways, but yeah, Chase. And we were talking about the concept of um, uh, just having like a certain flow to your story. But the thing is an artist, even if they're drawing the stuff, might not be aware of what your flow was. So it's important to first break it apart by page at least. But we went so far as if, if there's certain ideas we had in our head, we would actually lay out a panel, like rough, like, you know, we want these three overlapped on the top, but like, you know, obviously the artist can feel free to manipulate them to make it look more um, action-based, but 
we definitely were like, okay, this one's a panoramic that covers the top. This one's, you know, obviously a splash page. We'll describe those. Like, you know, things like that where we're like, we want this to be um, laid out in this way because of the way the scene rolls out. So like one of the, one of the scenes in um, the Seer Chronicles 2, there's somebody that's coming out of the woods while there's a bunch of people in another location. And basically, I, we realized as we're writing this, we're like, crap, this is not like clear enough for the artist, even with our description. We need to actually lay out the panels so he could see like, this is where it's going to go so that it opens up to where this guy is. And so it was, it was very fun because uh, I literally like threw it together in Canva and I just was like, you know, square blocks. And then I basically took like this yellow, like head and arm and arm and it was torso and arms. And it was like, uh, like the bathroom signs, you know what I mean? Like that kind of guy, but like cut at the waist. And I kind of just like moved him around in different positions. And if he was a different character, I just colored him different colors. So like, it, it was very fun though. Just like having to figure out like, Oh, like, if, if we're going to have all three of these things in one panel while these two are talking, we kind of need to like tear it like this so that you could see them like that. And so I actually literally drew it like that. So you could see something happening in the background without taking from the fact that the foreground is the important part there because they're discussing the background. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it, it's that kind of thinking that, that really <laughs> helps, you know, and, and you go in that extra mile where, I've had to do about five or 10 different thumbnails before I even got it right. Whereas you kind of went out of the way and sort of paved the way for them, which makes the book go a lot quicker. Yeah. So yeah. 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 I think that's really, really cool. Another thing that um, might help you guys in the scripting is coloring. You know, if, if it is two scenes like that, definitely put notes to your colorist and they're saying, you know, the foreground panels, I want them to have a, a, a more warmer tone, whereas the background might be a cooler tone. That way it really also visually separates them. Um, See, that sounds interesting. Like I wouldn't even think about that for artistry point, but that's actually pretty interesting. Mm -hmm. But yeah. I, def I definitely do. Um, well, cause like one of the other funny things too, is that we've been going in such uh, greater depth with this now uh, for two reasons. Like one, Greg always felt bad trying to like tell an artist like, Oh, it's not actually what I wanted. Could you redo it? And instead he would just pay the guy. And I'm like, like, no, like you can get what you want. But in the same token, like I was saying before, like if, if the writer or creator who tries to hire you is unclear, charge more. Right. And so obviously I don't want to get charged more, but I believe people should charge more if it's unclear. So my, my objective is to get as clear as possible so that this is so easy that the artist can just enjoy the work, get it done, and there should be at most like one revision and maybe a second touch-up and yeah. as opposed to like a complete redo three different times because it's not what was in my head. Like, you know, like whenever it comes to, you know, um, like website, like I was saying, like the website thing where like someone's like, oh, I kind of want this thing. I'm like, do you mean this? And they're like not really and it's like all right let's get very specific show me an example <laughs> yeah. have you watched parks and rec yes a little bit i was gonna say if you go to my art page i posted a clip from last night when we watched an episode it's where um i can't think of his name now but he's literally throwing money at an artist saying that's not what i want and he goes i don't know what you want he goes i don't either but make shut up and make more art for me like that cracked me up i'm like i have to post that like that is our life. Like, I don't know what I want, but you have to make it because we live that, you know, numerous. So the more, the clearer you can get, the beautiful that's going to be. 
Trying to figure out what Greg's showing us. Oh, what is that? I met Lil Sebastian at the Pawnee oh, yes. Harvest Festival. <laughs> the Pawn, Lil Sebastian. Gotta love Lil Sebastian. I have another oh. Parks and Rec shirt, but. Uh... Greg, I just realized that's the second time a show reference or a movie reference was in in the podcast and you happen to be wearing a shirt with it. Yeah. That was the last, totally the, unplanned. The last one was, yeah, the last one was the, uh, give, give me all your bacon and eggs. Yeah. That's <laughs> another parks and rec. Yeah. I love it. Such um, a good show. <laughs> yeah. yeah Rob just, Swanson. He's, he's, uh, he's my spirit animal. Right. Yeah, we, just, <laughs> we just watched that for like the, I don't know, sixth time probably, maybe more. I don't even remember. But, uh, yeah, we usually we either watch that, The Office. Yep. Right now we're watching Community because I never fully saw that show. So I never saw that one. It's good. It's actually it? really funny. Yeah. Um. But yeah, for uh the other comic that you're gonna be working on for us, Scales. Um, yes. Yeah. We we had to go back. Well, Dylan went back in the script. Not I was. He's like, wait. Because I didn't write that script, I gave um, some other guy basically like the reins. I'm like, oh, you could just write this, and um, then I'll pay you. So with the <laughs> Kickstarter for that, I have to pay him. Um, it's been like three years. Uh, <laughs> Two years. Yeah. So <laughs> we finally edited that script, and it wasn't as bad as the other character that I had him do, which we'll release that probably next year but um for scales he didn't add that there's like this wine bottle and it just magically showed up like later in the comic yeah there's, there's basically like they they leave an area on on uh uh what are they four wheelers, four -wheelers. and then they're, they don't ever go back to where they were. They continue moving forward and then randomly they uh you know the group splits up and this one group goes off to do their thing, and suddenly they have a bottle of wine. And I'm like, where the hell did that come from? Like, they didn't mention, like, like there's no mention of, like, a picnic basket or something with them at all this entire time. And now I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. okay, I got to figure out when the hell they left, because that needs to be on the back of that four-wheeler from the very beginning. So I like, flip back, like, four pages, and I'm like, is this where they leave? Okay, yes. Oh, oh, and then they're at this one location. Do they take it off of it? Is there something else they would have had in it? And like, I'm like, I have to like think about all that stuff. I'm like, damn, like they're, because <laughs> that, that's our biggest thing is we just want to keep it um, as, you know, the continuity as clear as possible. Like, we don't want it to be where you're like, wait a second, like that wasn't there a second ago. Like, I want to be the one that catches that and fixes it before that ever gets into someone else's hand. Trust me, I appreciate that. The, this one of the last books I just worked on. I won't say the title, but um, there was a uh, a scene in the script where someone is possessed by somebody, and then something happens, and then all of a sudden, the guy who is possessed gets tackled by the guy he was possessed by. I'm like, where? Like, so I'm like trying to draw this script or uh, rough it out. I'm like, where the heck did this guy come from? He was already possessed. So I had to like message the guy and he was like, oh yeah, I should, well, make sure when this happens that he's leaving his body. I'm like, dude, you should have 
done that in the editing. Yeah, I already Before drew like six it. other panels. I got to redo now. <laughs> yeah, I'm just like, I don't quite get this. So, man, it was a headache and a half. So Yeah, you'll you'll definitely appreciate uh, the next Inkhorn then because I'm, I know like once I'm done with that, uh, it'll be it'll be uh, very good. Like this this year Chronicles, like that the second one we we um like after like I that took me like. I don't know, weeks to like re-edit, to like uh, edit that because yeah. there was, there was a couple times where like, I'm all, all of a sudden, like there's like 20 people in the same area. I'm like, why are they all here? <laughs> like I get like for the plot to move, you wanted them here, but like, why would they like, I get that now they're here, why they're reacting, but why are they even here to begin with? And so we had to like add a whole side plot to like bring them together. And we even took, and we even took out, like there's, there's a scene where like our, our main character was going to be there. And I'm like, no, there, it doesn't make any sense for him to be here right now. So we removed like a whole section of that scene. Like, you know, like that, like it, it's a totally different scene now because I'm like, the, the the plot hasn't progressed for this guy enough to be there. Like I'd rather this happen. He finds out about it later and has to get involved when it happens again or something like, like something uh, further down the line of that plot point uh, happens and he get then he gets involved. But like to just have him there for no reason uh, out of nowhere, like, Oh, I'm so happy. I happened to be here. Exactly. Yeah. When I need convenient. Yeah. How many times have we said that in a movie where it's like, really? And that's the point. Like you, like you know, it, it doesn't happen in every movie, and you know when it happens in a movie because it's so distinct. Where you're like, oh, okay, yeah, the hero came exactly when they were all about to die. Like we get it. Like no, like we're we're gonna have it where like some some guy almost dies because no one's there to help him. Like yeah, that's that's how it would happen. That's, yeah. that's but, essentially how it really would. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, because that main character isn't there. At that specific location in the second issue, <laughs> my third issue, that's why I'm having such an issue with the third issue <laughs> is because I'm like, wait, so now I have to figure out why this, how this guy is going to leave this one building because he's been stuck there for basically since the first issue. Is that the main character? Yeah. So yeah, now I'm like, that's I, how I figured. I have to like. I, I knew it would break stuff down the line, but I was like, it doesn't make any sense for yeah. him to be there. So yeah, like we're going to have to figure out like we I guarantee that based on the changes we made in the second comic there will be two additional comics we have to write up to fill in the blanks that weren't originally there. Yeah. But, like that's cool. Like it'll be yeah. a it'll be a better story and longer story. Like it's almost like we almost have like the opposite issue that something like Game of Thrones has. We're like, oh, crap, we need to resolve a bunch of stuff in, like, one episode. <laughs> like, let's just make a terrible episode and yeah. take everyone's money. So <laughs> issue three will either be, like, longer than the issue two, which issue two is, like, 30 pages or something, which... Yes, yeah, 32 pages, I think. It's 30, and then there'll be... Uh, we add, we're adding this uh, newspaper in the beginning, which is the newspaper that's in our comic, like oh, okay. Daily Bugle. I forgot about that. Yeah, like attached to the game, we also have a newspaper that'll be reporting on stuff that happens both in the game and in the comics that we'll have at the is it the beginning we had it or the yeah. end? No, the beginning. beginning. Yeah. So basically like you'll read the newspaper about what happened in the last comic as like a refresher and it'll talk about some of the stuff that'll have happened in the game if you play along with it. And then all of a sudden you'll get into the comic. It's almost like uh, last time on Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> yeah. 
it's cool to have one of those um the the tie-ins i think that's kind of what the mcu is doing with uh now the venom verse the sony verse they're using the daily bugle as that bridge because the bugle is referenced now going to be in venom 2 and um it was also now shown at the end of uh spider-man yeah so Mm -hmm. i mean it's 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 an easy way to bridge having some type of news segment or something that can report on what's happening but it doesn't really have to be in you know it just has to be even the smallest amount like in the like first or second episode of uh daredevil the netflix special it had a photo on the wall um of the um invasion forgot the the name of the journal place the oh um the newspaper place, whatever it was. But the point is that they mention an attack in New York City, and then there's, like, briefly, and then there's a photo on the wall of a framed newspaper article, and you can see the alien from Avengers ripping through a building. And that's, like, the only time it's ever really referenced. And that little that little subtle uh, thing is, like, so amazing. Like, that, that, that like, pulls you in. And then later, because um, I, I, I still have to watch a lot more episodes. I'm sure there's other things I missed. But, like, there's another time where um, uh, one of the characters is in a hospital, and what ends up happening is they go, yeah, and a bunch of men in black suits showed up and were uh, inquisitive about your and they're referencing S.H.I.E.L.D., right? And I'm like, that's so awesome. Like, they clearly tied it in, and it allows them, if they ever needed to, to pull that into their universe. And just, like, you know, that they, just those little things I love. And that's why, like, for these comics, like, that's what we're trying to add, or just, like, that little – bit extra so that the real fans can can be like oh i remember this this is that thing that happened that one time yeah i love it easter eggs are so much fun to find and i think that's just good fan fanfare right there yeah and uh like you said mountain dew cans or something in the background or whatever we um instead of actual brands because we don't want to put actual brands in our comics because I don't yeah. like we had a Camaro logo on our car because of the artist messing up with that and yep. me for not catching it. Um, <laughs> so uh, we had to get rid of that. But so we are actually doing this thing called create our universe and people make names for like whatever the topic is at the time. So the first one was um, people just make a bunch of names so like one person per name and they uh we need two major soda companies and we've got like two winners for that and those people will actually be the ceo of the that company in the game and they'll actually get like paid in the game and they'll be mentioned in the comics yeah like in the newspaper it could be like you know uh what is it ceo of this thing caught in another scandal yeah like and it'll it'll say their name which like so it's a cool way to pull people into the universe. Um, they get to be literally a part of the universe by creating an entire company. And, and it's, 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 just, it's not really a lottery either. Like you do have to be creative, which is cool. So people, you know, put in suggestions and then we're like, we like this one and this one. So we'll go with that. Yeah. And so it's very cool because uh, originally we had um, everything that was happening uh, in our comic on earth. And then we're like, yeah, but it would be kind of cool if we weren't limited by that based on X, Y, and Z. So then we're like, all right, well, our city is going to be more like Gotham where it's made up, but it's still on, you know, like in America. And then later we were realizing, 
uh, something else that we would get held up on. And we're like, crap, like, you know what? Screw it. It's not even going to be earth. It's going to be like earth, like totally different continents. So now it's like a whole new world. And then we're like, Oh yeah. What do we do about brands? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So then we're like, Oh God. So like, it's this rabbit hole of, you know, writing, writing, um, description for characters that are seen only once and creating brands that are going to be referenced only tangential to the story. <laughs> yeah. Like in ink, he goes to Japan and we changed the mountain and whatever to Mount like Fuji too. Yeah. It started with a K. Yeah, I uh, forgot what the name was, but he came up with it because he's learning Japanese. So he. Um, yeah, I forgot the name. In the, in the second issue of Ink, there's actually like, there'll be a Japanese like t- speaking um, language in there uh, from the one character that's at the end of the first issue. But. Okay. Um, so however you do however the letterer does that but um yeah because i've seen in like this one comic by it comics impact theory um there's like japanese or some other language but it's set it's like in english and then it says like in russian or whatever it is yeah yeah so there's something like that in the second issue unless if he changes it but (laughs) um yeah so he originally was going to go to Japan and maybe it'll still look like Japan, but it won't be Japan. We still have to come up with like a world map. Like I think it'll be asking... like Napage. <laughs> <laughs> but I was like asking you or I was asking. Someone. Yeah. You asked me yeah. and, and, like I said, to... I, a world, a map builder. Yeah. Yeah. What I did was I, I found some D and D map and, and mm. it basically it like had, um, you were able to select like what did you want you know i wanted my my city to be by a big body of water there on the map the uh, uh tower was represented by a circle well, well in prowl there's a um a park that has a, a circular um rock formation as like the center point it's called spire rock and so i'm like well i want one of those towers because that will be where central park basically is because I built, I did the same thing. I created a, a city that doesn't exist, but it's in America. So, you know, and it's going to be there's a lighthouse and everything. So I mean, it's um, so I, I basically <laughs> had a, <laughs> yeah, I, I literally had to create, and I found this website, and I, I didn't want to buy it, so I did the next best thing. I, I screen captured it, and then I, I vectorized it in Illustrator, and now I'm <laughs> making a list of like, all right, here's all the the shops that'll be downtown. Here's their their um you know the retailer side then there's the big box stores that they have because you know walmart but it's not walmart but they they got it's a like, huge store there and it's um, like sam mart and yeah. like walls club walls club <laughs> something yeah so i mean it's that that's what i did so i i cannot think for the life of me i'll have to see if i have the original um screenshot still and if it has the name of the site on it i'll send it to you um, but yeah, that's what I did. Yeah, because uh, I, I was, can't create a map. Yeah, yeah, because like um, in scales, there is a panel that shows a world map on his on the kids uh the main character's like wall in his bedroom, and I'm like shit. Now I have to like actually, <laughs> I need to make a world map. <laughs> I was like, oh, I was trying to like you know shy away from having to do that for a while, but it's good to like have it there because then people will actually know what the continents will actually look like because it'll play in later at the end of seer chronicles 
when there's this massive battle that happens, but like everybody has to be in one place at the same time. So like they can't, it, I don't want it to happen in America. It has to happen somewhere else. So, yeah. Well, I know with maps and my, my wife's a librarian and um, she gets to talk to the, the, the students a lot at the school and uh, they love maps. Like they will buy prints because she, she hosts a, um, a, a book fair um, every year and some of the artwork that Scholastic sends them are you know maps of different major titles you know um, one being of like Hogwarts or something and they mm. like they love that they they eat it up so I mean yeah it kind of sucks to invest and that's kind of why I was investing in it because then down the road I could have you know I, you could open the book and there's the map or I can literally have a, a, poster. a, a yeah a poster of it that's a comic <clears throat> book yeah. Or I can do a collector card series where it's the back of the collector's card and you get one through nine and you have the map, you know? So, I mean, there's all sorts of things that, that you could do with that. So, yeah, it sucks, but let's look at the that, end. Yeah, as I said, that's the thing I think that indie creators have to be clever with. Like, aside from, ha like, you know, obviously writing a good story and having good quality artwork, it's realized that a, even like the old comics kind of had that like they always had some little unique thing like back then it might have been like like oh you got a special ring or whatever like oh or you got this red uh gl glass that if you hold it over it, it hides everything and you, all of a sudden you realize there's hidden text and uh you know just those little tiny things and now that we have like a lot of fun technology like the ar thing for your cover like mm -hmm. you can really go in depth but you can still keep it simple like like you could have it where as you're opening up the comic, like one of them is a fold out page of a whole map. Yep. You know, like just something little awesome. like that. I've, I've thought of that and I've actually talked to my printer, like how can we achieve that? Cause he's, he's a, uh, I think I sent, I don't know. Did I send you guys the link to my printer? Yeah. He's amazing. Um, I know he's looking at getting a hard back. I think he just bid or bought a printer to do hardback books or binder so i mean he's he's trying to get up there too so um like way he, cheaper than anyone else he is way cheaper yeah. and his quality is amazing and the this color page that i just showed you that's his newer paper stock for how he does blank covers and all that i literally buy 11 by 17 with my brand on it for sequential art because i used to use strathmore paper that stuff is better than strathmore so I'm like, hey, you're gonna have to send me another bundle of that stuff because I'm gonna be flying through it, yeah, quick. So, yeah. yeah, but he's awesome, and I've talked to him like, how can we get a page like that where you, it's a, uh, it's got to be an extra long page. It's not eleven by seventeen like you would. It would be bigger. So, yeah, it's cool to get creative like that. And it goes back to what you said earlier about marketing. You kind of have to be good at marketing yourself and your product and your, your story and what makes you stand out. Yeah. Yeah. Cause we're actually going to make Facebook ads. I don't know about it. I, I think he's going to make Facebook ads for that, but like the brands that are in the comics and stuff, like the drink euphoria fizz, like. Yeah. Like, like, the soda one, like particular one. I, there's a company, I think it's the Jones soda company. I can't remember, but I know there's some soda company out there where you can pay to have them make you a custom soda. So we could literally have our soda be turned into a real brand and sell it with the label and everything. So oh, like, cool. you know, like, like that'd be awesome. Like you can go to a comic con and have like on the table, like, yo, have you ever had 
Cray Cola, you know, like, like oh. it would just be amazing to like have such an integrative world where, um, you know, literally you can taste the world, you know, <laughs> like, it's just that. like a, such a wow, cool, it's thing. like a marketing phrase right there. Taste the world. The taste you can see <laughs> and taste. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, the next round of that creator universe thing, I just came up with it yesterday. It was, a burger chain for like fast food burger chain and like i got like 10 11 people to actually like comment and like, like burger oh prince. like uh someone's like juicy meat <laughs> <laughs> um burgers and buns uh that that was actually dylan's cousin that said that uh nice. i try to hide the like name so, like, if someone knows, like, a certain person's name, then they'll be like, oh, I like that person. I'm going to just vote for that one. Because then once I have all the uh, names of the company, like, put together, like, on a spreadsheet, I then, like, uh, fight. Like, they fight against each other. So, like, whatever name people like the most out of those two names, that gets voted and then goes down into, like, the last, like, however many I need. For, like, fast food machines, it would probably be, like, three. So... But that's what I do with the soda companies was like, do you like this name or like this name? And people are yeah. like, yeah, I like that one. So And we yeah. can always use an, a, a name that lost to be our, you know, RC Cola, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that's the sum of nice. it. Nice. <sighs> um, someone actually, like, gave me a question to ask on our podcast. And cool. Yeah. Um, with like coronavirus being a huge thing um, and Marvel and DC, like DC actually like not um, going to like diamond for like printing and stuff. Like where do you see like indie people and all of that? Like, do you think like there's a way to make them uh, have a big splash in this whole thing? I do Um, because uh, I know Marvel, and DC are now wanting to ship direct. And I know other indie publishers like Scout Comics, Image, um, Dark Horse and all them, they they are also doing now direct. Um, and I think that that's going to put a big hit on the monopoly that is Diamond. Um, I've heard a lot of complaints about Diamond, but I've also heard it from the retailer side where now they're going to have multiple logins and they got to keep track of multiple tracking numbers on these orders and you know it it's not a one-stop shop which i personally like one-stop shops but i also value quality so if if i'm placing a big diamond order and they're just going to throw all these loose books in in a box without protecting them and and they're half of them are coming damaged i mean is it worth it you know they obviously don't have a passion for it anymore um so I feel like right now, and I know I've looked into it myself for, for my books, especially with what I want to start doing with, uh, with Prowl and volume two. Um, I think uh, having, you know, those relationships with the, the stores and owners, because it's basically the, you know, the fans are what dictates what the stores buy. So if you can connect with the fans, they're going to lose they might lose interest quickly on the big stuff if the the indie creators can really step up and say hey i have new stuff this is what i've got going on 
Yeah, especially if you're like a local community. Exactly. And, yeah. and you know, I've I've been asked numerous times, you know, when are you coming to New York? When are you coming to Florida? When are you come in? You know, it's basically, well, you've got to ask for us. So now it's like, well, start asking for Prowl in your store. I mean, I, I it wasn't in Diamond to begin with, so it didn't affect me. But now it's like, okay, I want to kind of take advantage of this. You know, I, I've got a book out there now. And if you want it, now's the time for them to reach out to me because my shipping, I will ship as many books as you need to you. And it, it, that's it. You, they will come in pristine condition, I promise. Unless, you know, Joe over at USPS decides he wants to practice field goals or run over him with his truck. I mean, I can't prevent that. But the way I ship, I, I've had nothing but compliments. So um, I'd like to think I ship a little better than Diamond. So, yeah, I think that uh, I think the Indies, if they're if they're driven enough, they'll be able to really dominate. Yeah. Um, yeah, people don't realize like how you know fickle that is too. Like that, that's why Amazon is so big because they do take care of those little things. Like I buy a stupid amount of books and it's like maybe one in every like 15 might have like a tiny ding in the corner. Right. Yeah. Like that's not going to bother me, but if like every single order I get is damaged, right. Like that's going to piss me off. I'm paying yeah, good money for absolutely. it. And, uh, like, and, and same with like carriers too, like carriers also have to be careful. I remember I ordered, uh, I was on like the subscription where I was getting a box that would come in the mail. And like, you know, one time I got it where the, the actually this particular time it, it's a box inside of a box and both boxes were pierced and it damaged the product inside the initial in, internal box. Wow. It's like, I don't even know how they did that. Like and someone had crying. to try, yeah. like, you know, someone's shooting like a uh, BB, you know, guns or something or bow and arrow practice but uh but yeah that's it's definitely um that that's that's how stuff like uh uber and lyft come about or those those little inadequacies or you know people don't like having to wave down a taxi and you know, there you go app like the taxi companies could have came up with that you know a year or five years ago ten years ago they could have came up with that and by not improving their quality just like diamond like they they're gonna lose out yeah Yep. I absolutely think that we can uh, really take charge now. It's it's either you're going to be a victim of it or you're going to take the reins of the situation and really take control over it. Yeah. Around like November last year, um, there's a guy that actually makes co his own comics too. And he lives like 30-ish minutes away from me. And uh, actually like where his brother's comic book shop is, it's like around the corner from my tattoo. Um artist so it, that's just insane um but um he's like yeah my brother wants to like put your comics in like his like comic book store but like i want to like meet first and i was like yeah oh, okay so like we have to like uh, after we can actually go out without max masks on or whatever then we can actually do that but uh yeah he wants to have our comics in there and like figure out a way for him to go on our website and there's a place that I used to work for and the district manager of that place his son like owns a comic book store in Clifton Park so uh, I remember the name because it sounds like waffle but it doesn't but it's spelled with a t so Waffle. <laughs> yeah and it's more like a board game kind of things like and card games like Magic the Gathering and stuff but like they do have comics there and he said oh you should try to get your comic in there too I'm like oh okay so, yep, I'm gonna nice. have to start doing that. 
but um thanks for coming on and uh so where can people find you yeah yeah yeah, well, <laughs> yeah so you guys can find me at uh, midnight27studios.com or um on facebook the art of adam fields um i try to i'm going to try to go live as much as i can uh here in the next couple weeks once i get some of these orders done and um have a lot more stuff to come out here soon and a couple things it sounds like for you guys so definitely want to keep an eye out for all that yeah um okay well thanks for coming on and oh, thank you guys 30th guest <laughs> awesome yeah big 3-0 we're getting over the hill <laughs> <laughs> and uh yeah so just step a